Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way and I've got to do my timer here, so I apologize for the bad production. What are we talking about? Salvation, which which to many people is just kind of like, are you saved? Yeah, brother, fist bump. Boy, we are not talking about that. We're talking about the challenging text in Hebrews that says that, that Yeshua became salvation to all who obey him. And we have been, I, I believe, allowing the word of, of Yahweh to show us this this repeat, repeated pattern throughout all the scriptures from we go to creation to you know we spent some time talking about Abraham and, and through the prophecies of Ezekiel and Isaiah and we moved into the gospels where Yeshua is saying all these different things and man we just spent how much time in first John chapter three and this is not a selective text where it's like well, you're just you're just pulling out one verse and trying to make it say something it's not really saying. Friend, I could literally I I typed out 9 pages on this in maybe 5 or 6 hours. I could have made this easily 3 times longer than I did. But it, it's not even necessary. The point I believe is being uh spelled out for us um not by me in like a great delivery, but I just I mean again, we're reading we're reading Bible verses over and over and over. And the word of Elohim is the one that's speaking to us. Um, what is true? The best I know how. Um, it's our best chance, right? It, it's to know truth is to just, let's just read the Bible as much as we can. So we're going to continue to do that here um, in this part four of this ongoing series. You can go to pathdesign.com, uh, go to our YouTube channel and all that where you're likely watching this. And uh, subscribe for more content. We're we're adding some more people, and we're having good dialogue with people um, via email. And I want to continue to uh, extend that out there for anyone who needs someone to talk to um, at pathdesignpodcast at gmail um, We'll try to come to where you are. Um, I would love the opportunity to to speak in front of a group, large or small. Um, y'all can come here, and we can hang out and sit around a campfire because the weather's been cooler here lately, which is awesome. Um, and just you know. <laughs> reason together with the word of Elohim and say, I don't know everything about this Bible, and I don't know what Shaul Paul meant when he said this in Romans chapter 4, and I don't know what in the world was going on with Noah. And it's okay. Like, the, the, the day that we sit here and can, like, mow everyone down with our Bible knowledge is the day we need to just shut our mouth and sit still and quiet. We don't know anything. Even the most learned men that I just sit and go, holy cow, man, it's just scratching the surface. This is, we will, this is why we need one another. I know something in here that you don't know. You know a bunch of things in this word of Elohim that I don't know yet. And that's okay, and that's how it should be. Moving on. Part four? Yes. Okay. So, uh, let's read more Bible verses, shall we? John chapter 15, verse 10, Yeshua is speaking again. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments, I abide in his love. Um, some, some, this is if, if and when. You hear me talk about this if you're a regular to the program all the time, that the Bible is full of prerequisites. If you, then you have this. Or when you, then this happens. It's, a, it's covenant uh, language. It's throughout the Word of God from beginning to end. Um, if you win you, it's it's everywhere. First John, um, chapter two, verse twenty-eight. Now, little children, abide in him, 
so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. We're just talking about abode again. Where, where is our dwelling? Is it in our own will, our own ways, or is it submitted and yielded in the pattern of the, pattern of the suffering servant to walk in his likeness and, and, and study and learn what he was saying and what he was always pointing back to um, for us to uh, be walking as a, a consecrated people that please our Father? Like Abraham. <laughs> um, uh, imagine, imagine, okay, let's talk about this for a second. Okay, so abide in him so that when he appears we may have confidence and not shrink back from him in shame at his coming. Let's, okay, so let's do this. I like to do this. Let's, let's go into the future. Let's hit the, the time travel button. We're going through time. <laughs> and we're at the judgment, friend. Do you think about that very often? I don't mean like, oh, no, oh, gosh. What if, what if, oh, man. What sins have I not asked for forgiveness for? Hurry, hurry. I don't mean that. Hopefully we're past that. But I mean like I'm going to, I'm going to be outside of this, this body of bondage and, and flesh. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be spirit conversing with, with Yahweh Elohim who is spirit. Terrifying, yes, but and just, oh, incredible, right? What words? What words could we come up with? But imagine this scenario in 1 John chapter 2, so that when he appears, we may have confidence, okay? So, like, let's even talk about that. We're walking the earth when, when Yeshua descends from the clouds the same way he, he left. And, and imagine, friend, being confident at that moment and not shrinking back in shame at his coming, Okay? Imagine being a, a son, a daughter, who, 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 who is, is physically alive at that moment, and you are confident when you see him split the sky and come back and return. Are you kidding me? Man, I want to be that guy so bad. Man, I want to be like that. I, I, I wisely and... and I maturely handled my father's business. I, I, I maturely, in a heart of, of humility and constant remembrance of, of my former condition, remembering my first love of like, oh my gosh, Father, I can't believe you extended your new covenant to me. I can't believe I'm living in the days prophesied by Ezekiel. I can't believe that you gave me this heart of flesh that can respond and keep your commands. I can't believe it. I can't believe I can be like Yeshua. I can't believe I'm free. All these things we could say. I'm in your covenant. And I'm full of belief and expectation. And that would cause me to be one who is righteous and holy and, and consecrated. And thereby have confidence. And not shrink back from him in shame at his coming. Friend, that is possible for you. It's possible for us to be found that way in that condition. Let us not sell ourselves short with all this, all this jargon of like, well, we're just wretched men and failed bodies of flesh. I'm just a sinner. Oh, no, no, no. Hopefully we're millions of miles past that old thinking. So the question is this. Um, have we inherited a gospel that requires little to nothing from us, even at the very outset? Um, even the faith and belief that we're told to have often seems to only be from what I've encountered firsthand as a youth pastor for years and just being around the body of believers, 
A lot of times it's just emotion. We want we want children to be emotionally stirred and we're we're very much about behavior modification. We just want to be better. Are you or then you know as you get older you deal with adults. Well, are you an alcoholic? Well, if you want to be free, accept Jesus. If you want your wife to come back, accept Jesus and and all of a sudden we're stepping out of biblical salvation entirely and we're not even talking about what what this Hebrews text talks about. Obedience being at the forefront that salvation comes to those who obey Messiah. And next thing you know, we're in emotion. We're outside of a biblical context. And now and all of a sudden we have the fruit that we look out the window and see, which is a a religion that that looks nothing like what we're told in the word of Elohim. We're we're just a bunch of Christians figuring it all out on our own and what he says is right, she says is wrong, and this denomination says do this and that denomination says no, don't do that, do this. And what do we have? Lawlessness, right? <laughs> There's no uniform law, no code of law that is overseeing a corporate body of Elohim's people. It's just a bunch of individual functions scattered about in chaos. Okay? And it permeates Christianity. Nobody can argue that point with me and get anywhere. Nobody can say, oh, no, we're in perfect unity, brother. We just look a little different. Oh, gosh, no. We're so disunified, it's ridiculous. Why? There's no code of law. Well, what's the law of liberty? Well, the law of liberty says I can be gay and lesbian. The law of liberty says, well, I just this is how I love Jesus. This is how I love, you know what I'm saying? Christians don't like hearing that. Our, our moral code of living here, especially in America, is not Christian in any way. It's just every man for himself. It's the epitome of the Gentile mindset. But without getting down that all. All uh, in this moment here. A question. Has the grace doctrine, where you do nothing but believe and move on as a Christian, produced a mature and healthy church? Is that what we see around us? Do we see a church that has a governing set of, of statutes and law? Again, we've just covered that. I'm being redundant now. Um, are you in a lineage of men and women that trained you in the ways of Yahweh? Did you inherit holiness, set apartness, uh, spirit-led living based solely upon the scriptures and not denominational doctrines or, or doctrinal preferences that we've just kind of inherited and, well, we like this flavor and we like this type and, you know? Or have you been told in many cases, <clears throat> it's all grace anyway, it's all grace. If it wasn't for grace, we wouldn't have a chance. We'd be obliterated by God's fiery inferno of wrath. Well, we've misunderstood our Abba Father. We've misunderstood him, I would say. Are we a mature people that just simply need to keep being grace takers? This point I'd like to sit on for just a second and talk about. And then we'll get back to some more verses and we'll bring this to a close. Are we grace takers? Are we consumers in this understanding that we've been handed about salvation? I would say, yes. 
I'm trying to be kind and gentle, but just, just be blunt, yes. The salvation message that goes out from this nation primarily that leads the way in missionaries and outreaches and everything else is promoting a grace-taking salvation. Not covenant. Not a mutual covenant understanding like Abraham preceded and demonstrated for us to walk according to. Are we making constant withdrawals upon the account that Messiah purchased for us, yet never doing our part? You understand the imagery, the, the metaphor I'm using? Are we making constant salvation withdrawals from new covenant living? But we never, because that would be legalism, we never give ourselves to our part of the covenant? I would say yes, we've been guilty of that. And this is what I'm promoting in this as we talk about salvation to all who obey. Could we all benefit from a more thorough approach to what is required of us when we receive the gift of salvation and see it as a catalyst, a first step, if you will, of becoming empowered to become righteous, set-apart people? Holy as Father is holy. If we're not careful, we're going to continue this cycle of repeating our error. More will be deceived to believe that they are saved. Convinced, man. Don't question your salvation. That's the devil. Convinced to just sit quietly, secure in your salvation, yet not understanding covenant in the slightest. Not shown how to become obedient sons. Even Paul, who of course, as we say without any problem or, or misgiving here on the program, he says so many things that take so much thought to rightly understand and to study and to make sense. He even said this in Romans chapter 2, For it is not the hearers of Torah who are righteous before Yahweh, rather it is the doers of Torah who will be justified. Now again, we now, okay, well what about Romans 7? We can, yes, we can have a debate, which we, of course, can't have here. And when I say debate, I mean a, a hearty dialogue about this and that and both sides, if you will, approaches that we can have to many of Shaul Paul's writings. But yes, okay, yes, I know that, but also this. He also said, hearers of Torah, it is not the hearers of Torah who are righteous before Yahweh, but the doers of Torah that will be justified. He did say that. Is so is salvation for all? Yes. But I would submit that it has been too dumbed down. The Bible says just believe. Uh, I remember this old Paul Washer message um, I had, oh man, pushing 20 years ago. Um, and, and he was the, the slogan of, of an ad campaign at the time was for insurance was so easy a caveman could do it. And I remember how he was, he was combating how people were saying that to him in regards to salvation. That salvation is just so simple, so easy, and they'd use that slogan, so easy a caveman could do it. There's nothing to it. You just receive the gift of salvation. And he was railing. I mean, he was laying out that doctrine of saying how easy salvation is because it's just a gift. You just receive it, and there you go. He was annihilating it with the word of Elohim. And I'm right there alongside him, saying the same thing. It is extended to all mankind. Yes, this is back where we were in part one. But there must be belief. 
There must be a response. There must be a pursuit of righteousness. There must be an obedience to covenantal promises to rightly receive this gift of salvation. And most importantly, in this specific point, salvation, when rightly received, will be evidenced. There will be tangible, visible evidence of salvation. You're becoming righteous. You're becoming holy. You are maturing. You are changing. It's the Teshuvah. I have to say that every time we get here. It's the Teshuvah understanding. We are turning to Father's ways, and as we're turning to His ways, we're leaving behind our own. We're leaving behind the deception of the adversary. It's all-encompassing. We're turning away from every single thing that is not Father's perfect ways when we turn towards Him. We seek His hand. Or we seek his face, rather, not his hand. That's something that has made it through from back with just general Christianity understanding. We seek his face. We seek his face. Not his hand in gift-giving. We seek his face. So how will this happen? By learning, learning. I've been having this discussion with people as of late. We don't even know what what we are supposed to be doing now. Nobody's ever told us. Stop sinning. And as we've seen, well, sinning is lawlessness. Well, what's lawlessness? We have to know. We have to study hours and hours and hours of our life to even learn what is sin. (laughs) We think we know because we're in the law of liberty. Sin really isn't that important anymore, right? Jesus will forgive you. It's a very dangerous doctrine. A gift is found within salvation. Salvation is a gift that is intended to lead us to change, to be changed. 1 John chapter 1, chapter 12. 1 John chapter 1, verse 12 through 17. Yeah, let's read a big chunk. That's not all that. How many did I put in here? Yeah, I did. Yeah, that's true. They're short verses. Whoever did receive him, those trusting in his name, he has a name, Yeshua, Yahweh is salvation, this matters. To these he gave the right to become children of Elohim. Okay, you have, it's not a magic wand, boof, children of Elohim. You've been given the right through Yeshua, trusting in him. They were born not of a bloodline, nor of human desire, nor of man's will, but of Elohim himself. And the word became flesh, and it what? It tabernacled, it came down and dwelled among us. We looked upon his glory, the glory of the one and only from the Father, full of grace, full of truth. John testifies about him. He cried out, saying, This is he whom I said, The one who comes after me is above me. He existed before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Yes and amen. Okay, so here we are. Golly, I don't know how we miss these things. I want to just knock myself around, but that's how it goes for all of us. We know this verse, right? Grace upon grace. Oh, the grace on top of grace. Well, verse 17, Torah was given through Moses. 
Okay, well, why is that even in there? Is Torah was eradicated in Jesus. No, friend, no. Grace upon grace, this gift of salvation we've received. In the next verse, Torah was given through Moses. And grace and truth came through Yeshua Messiah. It's all together, friend. It's all the same. Colossians 1.12 With joy we give thanks to the Father who qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son, whom He loves. In Him we have redemption. And what is redemption? The release of sin. Again, Zion, all these prophecies, we don't have time to go over everything we've already mentioned. In a, in a, full, in a full-on redemption age, what do we see? No more sin. And what is sin? As we read in the text earlier, sin is lawlessness. So, we've been redeemed. We've been redeemed from what? We've been released from the bondage of lawlessness. 